Mrs. Alders, I do not want any pictures of this. I'm taking it, where is Mrs. Alders? There she is. No pictures at all of this. <clears throat> a number of people here from All Saints in Fort Worth, and it's, word's going to get out already. But anyway, thank you for the wonderful privilege of being able to serve alongside of your pastor, Pastor Garrett Craw. Uh, I believe we've known each other for 20-some years, been able to interact over the years. He's been a great encouragement to me. And as the senior pastor at All Saints Presbyterian Church in Fort Worth, Texas, it has been my privilege to uh, work with you as an overseer of your work here. And now, in the Lord's kindness, uh, you have a second elder, Elder Vimont. And it was also a privilege to work with Pastor Craw and to interact with this man a month or so ago. And uh, well done, good and faithful servant. May the Lord say those words to you on the last day. Anyway, thank you for the privilege of being here. I would like to uh, offer a scripture reading for our sermon today. So I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment, but first I'm going to ask the Lord's blessing upon the reading of his word and the reception of it. Please join me in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. And we ask now that you bore out our ears so that we may hear your voice following your ways, being more and more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Be kind to us in this, for we are your servants and we long to bear your name honorably. We pray through Jesus and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand for the reading of this portion of Scripture for our Scripture lesson for the sermon. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God, and we are. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who is abiding in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has seen him or knows him. Thus far the reading of God's word and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Now, just last week, I was in one of the uh, prisons in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. No air conditioning in the gymnasium, and it's a delight. It's just drippy, sweaty, and everything else, and there is handheld. So I had, last week, I was practiced with the handheld. I, it's just not my normal thing. So if I stumble or trip or make less sense than usual, um, be gracious, okay? All right. Some passages in the Bible, I'm just going to get into this, some passages in the Bible are quite clear. As a matter of fact, they are uncomfortably clear. The words of the passage I just read are quite clear. Some things are quite clear. Now, having said that, I would like to confess... It's all right. It's kingdom work. Kingdom work right there. 
I would like to confess to an occasional lack of clarity when it comes to words, when I encounter words, whether they be printed or spoken or sung. I will encounter confusion at times when it comes to words. And this seems to happen most often when it comes to song lyrics. And I'd like to give you an example. I recall a song in the early 1970s which crackled forth from the AM radio in my younger days. This illustrated my confusion. In 1972, a band named America sang a song titled, Venture a Highway. That song included an odd phrase, alligator lizards in the air. Huh? What was that? Did they just say what I think they said? I wasn't even sure I heard it correctly, turning to a sister or brother and there was no rewind button on the radio. Well, the oddity of that reptile in the air did not just disappear into the air. Years later, years later in the 1980s, I moved from Arizona to Oxnard, California, Ventura, California. Working there, I regularly drove on the 101, the Ventura Highway. Even then, after many miles driving on that highway, I never once encountered an alligator lizard, nor did I see one in the air. And in case you were wondering, I did not ask anyone about it, partly because it didn't matter but also because I figured everyone else in California already knew what it meant, and I was destined to be the guy standing on the corner having missed the cool bus. Well, that song lyric fog continued, and wouldn't you know it, sometime later in life, I heard that song again, probably wafting about in some elevator or restaurant, and curiosity, which I have been told kills the cat, this time killed my confusion. I decided to look into the lyrics of that song, Ventura Highway. I found out that alligator lizards in the air was apparently nothing more than a reference to a cloud formation, not some psychedelic drug tripping woo-ha. Now, Please know that that waste of wonder did not consume me or mark my entire youthful years. It didn't. But walking into this building, I do see an alligator thing in the air up there on a banner. And Pastor Craw told me there would be some curious banners in here, so maybe that's what they meant. I share this with you in order to demonstrate that there are some things, words, including spoken words, that sometimes I just don't get. And by the way, since I'm kind of on a song lyric thingy right now, there's more. Advent and Christmas, what color is Parson Brown? Is that a color in the crayon box? Steve Miller one time sang and he said, I speak of the pompatus of love. What's that? 
He was asked, and he said, it's anything you want it to be. I'm going, okay, that didn't help. There's also a British band, a rock band, that opened a song with some false German, Gunther Glieben Glauken Globen. What was that? It's false. It was nothing. The confusion happens, but there's more, and now to be a bit more serious with you. There are events, there are occasions, and there are passages in the Bible that have made me scratch my head in wonder. I've pulled upon chin hairs. Hmm. The King James Version of my early years included this. In Moses' fifth and final excuse to the Lord, these words. Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Huh? Or in First Chronicles, at Parbar westward, four at the causeway and two at Parbar. That's how I felt. That's exactly right. And by the way, I'm not alone in this. There are things in the Bible which are hard to understand. Simon Peter even said, 2 Peter 3.16, Our beloved brother Paul wrote some things in his epistles which are hard to understand. Some people claim to have problems with the Bible because of difficult or obscure passages. I wonder if people actually have greater difficulties with the Bible due to what is clear and what they do understand. Once again, some things are quite clear. Let me give you a sampler platter. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? Beware, lest a root of bitterness springing up defiles many. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Do all things, all, all things, without grumbling and disputing. If you don't forgive others, then your Father will not forgive you your trans transgressions. Forgive one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. Be sure your sin will find you out. The soul that sins will surely die. That's clear. Our passage today is clear, glaringly obvious, and for some it might be uncomfortably clear. Our passage today speaks of a new family, a new world, and a new life. Here we are. Because of the love of God, we have been placed in a new family. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and we are. John uses language like father and children. Our father loves us. We are his children. But this places us into a new world. Verse 1 goes on to say, For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. We're in a new world. We have our own calendar. We have our own language. We will say things like amen. We will stand up and kneel and raise our hands. We know the same songs. The world's going, none of that makes sense. It's a matter of, it's moronic. John says the world does not know us because it didn't know him. So we're in a new world, and what follows in this passage is all about a new life. So, we're in a new family, we're part of a new world, and we are to live 
a new life. We will remain the children of God, yet we will be changed. And much remains to be seen. So some of it is not known. Some of it is known. So John says in verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet, some things are unknown, what we will be, but what do we know? We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. Hmm. We remain children of God, and we will be changed, a new life. And by the way, this is the way it is with every family, and that's why the sounds of children are so welcoming here. See, there was a woo right there. It's just right on cue. Take a look at any infant or toddler in this room. We all know that he or she will change, but you do not know precisely what they will be like, what they will become. My son is in this room, and there was a time when I did the football hold with him. He fit in my arms, skull in my hand, and I could even do the, the, the Heisman with, with him. Right now, if you were to see him back in the back, he, people are going, there is no way you, everybody looked at him and goes, this is your son? I go, yeah, I'm a sacrificial dad. I gave him all my height. I don't have any height. The newborn, the toddler, the child, the adolescent, the young adult, the adult, and the elderly, the same person throughout the ages and the stages of life, and yet changes over time. The Lord has woven this into our existence Oh, and that changes to be into greater Christ-likeness. Verse 3. Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. This is our new life. We are to become more and more like our Lord. And we know that some reject this ongoing pursuit of purity. They're made in the image of God and they say, uh-uh, no way. Remember, the world doesn't get us. So verse 4 says that some, instead of pursuing purity, will keep practicing their sin. Everyone who practices sin, and some get very good at it, also practices lawlessness. Don't tell me what to do. And sin is lawlessness. For some people, doing their sin is their identity. The Proverbs speaks of people who can't sleep at night unless they make somebody stumble. So the rest of this passage will speak of our ongoing increase into family likeness or resemblance to Jesus Christ. Time with the Lord and time with His family shapes us into a family resemblance. Now, if we belong to Jesus, our older brother, in the family, we're going to grow more and more to be like Him. Verse 5, we know, you know, sorry, you know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. Stop right there. Jesus appeared to take away sins, to remove them. As the children of God, we're in the same family. We are not supposed to ask for those sins to be returned. Do you have free returns with that? We're not supposed to ask that. Jesus takes our sins away and throws them away, and we are not supposed to go dumpster diving. Those who abide in Christ 
act like it. Does Jesus accept you as you are? Yes, so as to make you the person he wants you to be. We abide in Christ, and that means we're marked by an ongoing relationship with Christ, not an ongoing relationship with sin. So verse 6, and here's the way I would have, I'm just give it to you with a flow. Whoever is abiding in him is not continuing sinning. Whoever is continuing sinning does not see him or know him. There's the passage today. Some things are quite clear, and I'd like to end with three points. This passage is not foggy. This is not some kind of alligator lizards in the air. What does that mean? Those who are claimed by the love of God are placed in a new family. We are part of a new world, and we are supposed to live a new life. Continuing to grow over time, reflecting more and more the life of Christ who came to put away sin. John is not, and the Lord is not referring to some kind of sinlessness or arrival-itis. Fledgling congregation, and the Lord has blessed you greatly. Sinners have entered. You. John has already taught that we are not to deny our sin, but we are to confess it. And God is faithful and he will forgive. John has also pointed out that we have a mediator. If anyone does sin, we have a mediator with, Christ, with, with, the, with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's not saying, oh, I'm going to walk into this congregation and there's not going to be any sin anywhere. Not at all. Finally, while we are different from what John calls the world, we are not entirely different from what John calls the world. You are in a new family. You are part of a new world. You are to live a new life. But you still share some things with the people out there. Regarding sin, those who do not belong to Christ still sin, and those who do belong to Christ still sin. The difference is, that's not our master. And everyone has an issue with authority. Who's to say? Who's to say? John says sin is lawlessness. Of a truth, dear congregation, people of God, those loved by the Lord, children of God, some things are quite clear, and the Lord has provided, even on this day and through one another. May the Lord bless you and keep you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.